It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Benny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. And we up in here again for another episode of Cats Talk Wednesday. Terry TV Brown, Benny Hardy here. Another episode courtesy of the BS3 Network TV. We back in here with a ton mm-hmm. of stuff to talk about, man. Oh, yeah. How you doing? It was 12 degrees the other day. Winter is upon us here in the upper Midwest. Oh, no. Same day they had, I think, 30s or 20s. Uh, like It's 12 with a 9-degree wind chill, so... Not great, but what do you expect? Dog wasn't happy. We had some snow on the weekend. It's I forgot though. It's almost December, but other than that, I'm doing great. Yeah, that made me think. It's a little. This time last year, I went to Green Bay, and it's. I guess I was lucky because it wasn't twelve. It, it was cold, yeah. but it, it what the the locals wasn't phased by it. And I was, I was like, "Ooh, this wind!" Oh, they like, "Oh, this ain't I, nothing. This ain't nothing." So I, I told you about, you about that, that upper Midwest wind. I told you about that wind because you'd be like, "Because you, I'll look at the degrees sometimes, be like, yeah, you know, thirty degrees, not too bad." You get hit with twenty mile an hour wind, woo! And it, it's, it goes straight through your soul because there ain't nothing to slow it down, man. That air come down from Canada, Ooh, like a chest that weather report. Yeah. <laughs> Got phlegm in your chest from after. I mean, as soon as you take a breath, you hey, it's hmm. yeah. But I saw that, and hey, I hope I don't know if you ever acclimate. Uh, I know the, the missus knows about that life, and this is another year of that life for you. But hopefully, hey, come That's on. Why they eat a lot of stews and stuff here, <laughs> a lot of casseroles. That's why the it's pizza lasagna. You know, like they got in Chicago, that deep dish. You need something hey. to. Stick, is, need something to stick, man, because it's cold and windy up in here. That is good, man. I got a that DiGiorno. What was it? Wait a minute. No. Where did we go? Giordano's. Giordano's. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Woo, that yeah. thing. That was. Yeah. Them, cal- them calories was delicious. <laughs> That's right. That's what you need. That's what you need. Well, man, we got look cats over everybody this weekend. All things cats over the U. Cats over the veal, uh, use down, L's down. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, whew. put it, put it down. All right, let's let's start with the the my highlight. Eh, I read the highlight. Anyway, let's start with the football game because I enjoy talking about that. <laughs> In the lead up to this game, I was told specifically by mm-hmm. Louisville fans they was going to beat down the Cats. I was told that Jeff Brom, he's a Louisville guy. He understands a rivalry. He understands how these kinds of things go. He had a press conference, I think, Thursday or Friday last week. He was he had promised the Cardinal Nation that he understood and they were going to fight valiantly. Mm-hmm. They came into the game ranked 10th in the country. Only nine football teams in the entire country better than the Louisville Cardinals. That's what they told me. They told me they playing for an ACC championship. This is a championship caliber team is what they told me. They told me it had been 
too long since Louisville had won. It was time to bring balance to the force. That's what they told me. And then, yay, verily, <laughs> it came to pass that for the fifth straight time and the sixth out of the last seven times, Kentucky has won. I don't know if this counts. And what I mean by that is by Louisville standards, well, the Satterfield years, they don't count, right? You know, <laughs> Bobby Petrino's last year don't count. The Craig Thorpe years don't count. Uh, you know, leap years don't count. Uh, presidential election years don't count. Uh, this year had an eclipse in it. It doesn't count. Uh, they ran the Kentucky Derby this year. It, that doesn't count. So I don't know if this one counts, but it makes me feel good. Because once again, the last Louisville victory was November of 2017. The same month I met my wife, our entire relationship has taken place in the time that Kentucky has run this winning streak over Louisville. I know you saw me put that on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. I shared that on Facebook. A lot of Louisville fans mm-hmm. like, oh, what's that got to do with nothing? That don't mean nothing now. So by the time they play again in 2024, all that plus a presidential election a, a second presidential Indeed. election. Let me be clear. My third wedding anniversary. Anyway, uh, a great game. I mean, look, we can we can go back, and I, I'd, I'd like to say that for the end of the season, what the team could have been and this, that, and the other. But for Saturday, the team was great. The de- They were disciplined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was, but they were disciplined and focused and the defense uh it, it it reminded me a lot of uh how the 49ers play mm. we're gonna beat you up for 60 minutes you may win but we think in the third and fourth quarter you're gonna get tired of doing this right and that's what happened coach stoop said at best post game We've been playing the SEC. Like, I get it. Losing to South Carolina, blah, 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 blah. But this is an SEC caliber offensive and defensive lines, and that's what we saw. Mm-hmm. The points that Louisville got in the second half, one was off that Devin Leary, Jimmy Garoppolo, like, oh, uh, interception that he had. <laughs> That's the perfect way to describe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, J.J. Weaver, the player of the game. Uh, uh, yeah, from Louisville, man. The Louisville dude, look, Cummings yeah. and J.J. Weaver, both from Louisville right there, showing out in in front of the hometown, man. Yeah, and, uh, it, you know, it's it's something special. I, I, I remember seeing an interview with uh, Derek Anderson talking about, you know, the, when he was playing for Kentucky, the game at Freedom Hall, whichever year that was, might have been like that, that, that 97 team. But uh, it is something special because everybody got something to say. You from Louisville, go to UK. Everybody got something to say, real slick. Mm-hmm. But you do it in Louisville against the hometown team, oh, very, very special. Uh, Ray Davis. I mean – I'm running out of superlatives. He 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 did everything. Cousin cousin Barry. It just <laughs> um 
outside of those two long drives, Louisville didn't do much else. Mm-hmm. Kentucky really had a game plan. They stuck to it. They were disciplined. And I know you've probably seen this on the – you may not. You don't follow a lot of Louisville people like I do. Kentucky didn't have any penalties. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? No penalties? Okay. Louisville had three, two of which was that one dude punching people in the head. Right. Knocked the They really only had, got called for one. <laughs> and that dude, like, how do you not get thrown out for throwing a punch on the opening kickoff? That's what I couldn't mm-hmm. wrap my mind around. Mm-hmm. And then he got a second penalty for punching a DB in the face. Yeah. And the commentator's like, this is on, I think it was Bell, maybe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah. Like, you know, he had this is his second penalty, you know, because he had the other one for punching somebody in the face in the first court. Like, mm-hmm. how is this dude still in the game? <laughs> and last year in Lexington, he was throwing Gatorade bottles at the crowd. Like at Look, the, man, on the way out. He was, I mean, he was humming them into let, the let stage. Me, let me let me just say this real quick, too. I don't know if you caught uh, Bomani's Monday podcast. He talks about how much he loves college sports rivalries. One, they're dumb. But <laughs> rivalries make smart people do dumb things. College rivalries are ridiculous. <laughs> they're all-encompassing. The best ones take no breaks. Right? Right, yes. <laughs> Michigan-Ohio State, Auburn-Alabama. And, you know, I, I would nudge that Kentucky-Louisville is up there, too, simply because this is for all sports. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how Duke-North Carolina football gets down or um, uh, Michigan-Ohio State softball. I know I've been to Louisville-Kentucky games across the board, mm-hmm. and they're all rough. Went to a women's soccer game. One uh, Louisville player got her nose broken. Kentucky girl lost a couple of teeth. Like, they out here about it. Like mm-hmm. these are blood rivals, right? What I don't like, and, and I, I try not to paint with a broad brush, but this is what happens with the Louisville, Kentucky thing. One, Louisville fans try to pretend there's only racism in the other 119 counties, and there's none in Louisville, Jefferson <laughs> County. And I'm like, you need to sell that to somebody else. That's one. But two, they like to act that they're above the rivalry. Like the the simple fact we care that we won. Oh, we've got other things to worry about. Okay. And, and like, okay. Like, oh, you know, we, before the game, we, we want to win. We got to win. We got to shut stoops up. He's a terrible coach. Blue, 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 blue. Now the game is like, oh, we got other things. No, man. It's a rivalry. Immediately dismissive of it. Yeah. And, it's a coping you know, mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. What that is, right? Co- lots of copium on that, right? That's a, that, copium is a hell of a drug. <laughs> copium is a hell of a drug, man. Uh, but they're like, "Oh, y'all throw L's down." Look, man, I have tuned into random Oklahoma sporting events. They're not even playing Texas. They throwing the horns down. <laughs> we are not alone in that. Uh, <laughs> Florida State, they do the they do the chomp. My <laughs> whole thing is, you've got a hand gesture that you do when your team wins and when they lose or it's your rival, they're going to do it against you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, y'all not even playing us. Yeah, I'm always throwing L's down. There's a picture of me standing on the Cardinal bird. Yes, it is. Throwing L's down from 2018. <laughs> and Benny and them went into Papa John's, or was Papa John's at the time, mm-hmm. and won. So, railroad car. It's L and in credit union. My whole thing is they always act like they're above it. <laughs> they act like they're above it when they lose. Now, when their baseball team wins and, and beats Kentucky on the way to the uh, uh, College World Series, oh, now it's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to beat them kitty cats. Okay, keep the same energy, man. Mm-hmm. Keep the same energy. Yep. Because as I explained it to my wife here, again, head-to-head, every sport, Louisville has a losing record to Kentucky in everything. Mm. In everything, yeah, that's uh, you can't deny that even if you want to. <laughs> so, uh, going back to the game itself, we got Devin Leary making those throws we kind of anticipated he was going to make for most of the season. We had players making plays, Dane Key, hey, that catch he had for his touchdown, yeah, that's, that's hey, hey, hey. That's 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 something, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, like you said, Isaiah Cummings had a great pass. I thought the play of the game on that last drive was uh, Ray Davis getting that first down because mm-hmm. he got hit in the backfield and was able to get that first down. That changes things. So little plays like that, and so where the Louisville run defense was stout early on, then big bodies wore down on them. Then mm-hmm. Ray was able to find those creases, mm-hmm. and that's that's how they got it done. Yeah, and the short passes to Ray, same as a run. Okay, the run didn't work. We just we hit him on a couple of passes, and, and but twenty touchdowns in the, as disappointing as this season was. Right, twenty touchdowns to break Benny Snell's record. Who Benny just uh, Benny is a legend. Just yeah. had a great career, and here Ray comes in in year one, gets a thousand yards. And single season touchdown, you know, receiving and receiving and rushing touchdown record. So, so and and look, we can dissect the the team, but you know, we got plenty of time between now and whatever bowl game it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, it it goes back to Louisville folks keep telling me that Mark Stoops is trash. <laughs> And then, I don't know if you saw this, since 2017, since Stoops really started getting rolling, you know how many teams in the SEC have more SEC wins than Mark Stoops? Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Kentucky's number four. A&M is number five. As far as SEC wins over the last six seasons. So the math ain't mathing. Like, you're telling me he's terrible, but the math ain't mathing. Yeah, yeah. If he's that bad, just beat him. That's all you have to do is just beat him. Mm-hmm. If the team is no good, and you know we're the worst, we're a MAC champion school, then it should be relatively easy to win. Should be. I'm piggybacking real quick on what y'all said on round of shots. Well. Well, y'all have different opinions, but I guess Jay, 
Okay, if it's, it's mediocre, Mark, is, is the past couple of years a little disappointing? Yeah, did you hope to win nine? Yeah, end up winning seven. But, and I'm not saying let's just stay here and and just be this forever. Let's not try to get up there. But if what he's doing is so easy to do, then how come no other coach was doing this before him? If it's this easy to be mediocre, Mark, then how come we didn't we didn't even have mediocrity <laughs> except for bits and pieces with with Brooks and Mummy, and it wasn't sustained. It was, you know. Well, and I think the frustrating thing is, and I get it. Look, what's up, BS three? What's up, both man Ben Sutterth in here? So for me, seven to five, I'm cool with. I really am. My little, my kids got their own YouTube channel and they chiming in. So, uh, my boys. Oh, how do you think Kentucky will do next year? <laughs> well, we're gonna we gonna get there. We're gonna get there, <laughs> party boys. Uh, I'm okay with seven and five, but the optics of how we got here are bad. I give you that. Yeah, we should not have lost to South Carolina. No way. No way. Really, shouldn't have lost to uh, uh, Missouri. No. Oh no! Probably should have got Tennessee. That's 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 th that's that's three, right? That's, that's ten see, and two. You see three that got away from you, mm -hmm. or at least two of the three. You get to nine wins, people feel better. Yep. Uh, my whole thing is, and and you see people, and this is a human thing, right? The most recent thing that happened is the only thing that's ever going to happen ever. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know. Dick Gabriel was just talking about, I don't know if you saw his Twitter thread, his Facebook post on when you take a step back and look at Mark Stoops, what he's done in his totality of Kentucky, it still is remarkable. Yeah. And I've heard national people say that. Bomani Jones talked about it on Monday, like, hey, you see what Mark Stoops did at, at Kentucky? You know, mm -hmm. that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing stuff. So you flip a couple of those wins, people are okay. What I mean by that is Dick Gabriel was just saying, you know, it's going to be hard to catch Georgia. And somebody quote tweeted him and said, well, we just want to stay within four touchdowns of Georgia. And friend of the show, Van House was like, last year was 16-6. You know, because you and I talked before the Georgia game, you had to go back a ways for a game like we got this year. Yeah, and 30-13 to 13 the year before that. and like Right. 14 so, to 3 and 21 and nothing. Ben Stan went in four touchdowns, George. Right. So, and that was the point was mm -hmm. this year, we got to stay within 40. Yeah, mm. this year was, but erase like, all those other years. Like, like last year, you want to stay, like it was 16 10. And I'm not a math major, but that seems to be within, <laughs> within four touchdowns, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, for, for also for me, it's also, uh, you look at, uh, at some point, you're going to lose the Missouri game. We should have lost it how we did. At some point, that's going to happen. Well, yeah. South Carolina as well. But you're still mm -hmm. like seven of the last ten, I think, against both of those. Mm -hmm. To me, that's okay. Like in the micro, looking at this season, yeah, seven and five. Two of those should have gone the other way. But it was bound to happen. I think they'll rebound, uh, answering the Hardy boys. I think they'll rebound. Kentucky's a seven-eight win program. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Which makes the Texas A&M stuff all the more hilarious. 
Texas A&M is a bunch of weirdos, man. That's... You see that press conference? Hey, look, man. I got to go back and rewatch it. But, yeah, that's, that might have been – if I'm Mark Stoops, I'm like, no, nah, I'm out right there. If that's – if I got to come it, in they and do, do weird that, stuff down there, man. They got soon, the cadet, yeah. Like, it – As soon as the plane lands, I got to do this. Mm. You know, people – well, you know, a lot of money in Texas. There's always been money in Texas. There has always been money in Texas. But why is it Texas A&M has never gotten a season – like SMU did. Granted, SMU was cheating, but still, they haven't had a season like Texas Tech did. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you got the Johnny Manziel years. That was eight and four. Mm-hmm. Well, they had what two ten win seasons in how many years? A long, like four. Like you're pretty much Kentucky, but they got all this money. This isn't new. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that 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 kills me. Like. To change your lot in college football is hard. Oregon did not become Oregon until Phil Knight started writing checks. Mm-hmm. But when have you seen a team go from a two-win plateau to ten wins consistently without something major happening? Mm-hmm. Like every time mm-hmm. Ole Miss get good, NCAA yeah. comes <laughs> the very next season, right? Yep. So yep. it's – it's not that I don't want Kentucky to be a 10 win pro. I do. And they can be. I just think if you take out the blowout losses, right? If Georgia's closer, if Alabama's a closer game this year, and you flip, uh, you know, maybe uh, if you, if you flip uh, Missouri and South Carolina, people have a b- better opinion. Mm hmm. Even if you get to eight wins, just one of those games, I think people feel better than uh, they do right now. But I'm okay with where the program is. It's like Tom Leach. I've heard him say it a lot. You know, the SEC is a big hill. Everybody's trying to climb the hill. Georgia's already at the top of the hill. Alabama's still hanging out around the top of the hill. Everybody else is, is, you know, clawing and grabbing and, trying to get your footing and you you try to pass a program you try to pass a south carolina and a missouri and then you try to hold your footing and keep them down then you try to pass you know if you pass florida you try to pass tennessee you try to hold it and sometimes you slip back you know you you slip back this year slip back past two times against south carolina but it's 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 hard out here <laughs> to to get Get that climb. We we was down there where Vanderbilt was for a long time. Yep, we used yeah. to we used to alternate who was gonna be in last with them forever. So now we're in the middle, trying to get to the upper middle, trying to and it's and sometimes you, you you lose your grip and you slip back, and but that doesn't mean you're just dog water just because you slip back a little bit. Well, and that was my thing. You know, we had that stretch. Two wins and two wins and five wins and five wins, seven wins and seven wins, mm-hmm. ten wins. And we you and I had this conversation like that doesn't mean we stay at 10 wins. Yeah. That doesn't mean we get to 12 wins. Mm-hmm. That's not what that means. <laughs> like this improving every year, it's great, but that's mm-hmm. not how these things go. Right? There's gonna be mm-hmm. some backsliding. Yeah. And so that's what has happened. Uh I think Stoops gets the opportunity to try to right the ship a little bit. Um, 
Because for me, a lot of the issues that plagued the team this year, that's a lot of coaching, man. They were not disciplined mm -hmm. until we got to Louisville, which I'm thankful for. <laughs> uh, but they made plays against Louisville that they hadn't made plays all year. Yeah. I mean, the South Carolina game, South Carolina was begging to give that game away. Yeah. Missouri and was every, too. Mm -hmm. Every and time we, we do something, a penalty or, or something to just kill the momentum. And even Saturday, <clears throat> what uh, Key had a couple drops, you know, he, he had a drop early. And, I'm, yeah. you know, I think, uh oh. And he. <laughs> I, I chuckled because he got up and he started rubbing his gloves on his pants like, oh, oh man. So you know he was he was trying to he was trying to get his mind right and he, like you said the touchdown catch was amazing. Yeah. Um, the that throw was amazing. A throw to to Barry Brown late where he had to throw it before he was open and he it was yeah. a, it was a dime right between two dudes. It was a laser. And Barryan caught it, tough catch, tough throw, clutch, had to have it, and they went out there and were able to execute it. So that was that was great to see. Now, like you said, like, like a lot of people are, a lot of people want to focus on where, where was that out all year. And, yeah, that's valid. It would have been great to see that more consistently. But I'm happy we saw it Saturday. You know, you, you needed it, had to have it. I was talking with yeah. Jalen Whitlow. Uh, on Believe in Kentucky, he said Kentucky's offense needs to score 30 points to win this game. They went out and scored 31 points, and then you add the special teams score by Barry and Brown. And look, man, hats off to Liam, hats off to Leary, you know, yeah, uh, they, everybody, they, man. Tight ends, two tight ends hurt, and you got guys stepping up. Caddis was out, Dingle was out, and here come Cummings and Anderson. And hey, so I, yeah, I, look. Seven to five, it is what it is. I understand that that's kind of where most teams sit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're a couple of plays away from four wins to nine wins. That's where most programs are. We've just got to figure out a way. We, Mark Stoops and company, get a get a couple of more of those. Mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. I think that's the the disappointment is. It's I'm gonna there. take seven and five. It's there. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna take seven and five mm -hmm. because I do remember the two wins, the one wins, the three or four wins. I'm going to take seven and five. The, the facilities before the investment yes. took place. Yeah. yeah. How, how the ever, <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of, couple of games that I, you know, those are tough pills to swallow. Yeah. South Carolina is not a good football team. Mm -mm. And, and so Missouri's not leaps and bounds better. Mm -mm. Neither is Tennessee. Nope. I mean, they're eight so, and four. Eight, 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 I mean, they're eight and four. Tennessee is. Oh, uh, Got beat down by Georgia. Got beat down the second half by Alabama. Got boat raced by Missouri. You know, <laughs> uh, can't think of who that fourth one is. But so, uh -oh. so my thing is, we're we're going to be fine moving forward. I think um, Stoops has gotten to the program building. We need to work on the culture. Make sure guys stay disciplined. Because that was the difference between this year and you know the ten win seasons is those those moments went in Kentucky's favor. Speaking of, what, like the first nine win season, prop had no business beating Missouri. I mean, they literally stole that at the end. So mm -hmm. CJ Con <laughs> and, and and that's the margin 
that's where most football programs are. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not, you know, even Ohio State now they can't beat Michigan, but if you're not one of those top, then you have to try to manufacture some wins because the talent gap is not that wide. Yeah. It's not as wide as people want to make it believe. You know, once you get – if you're not bringing in eight or nine five-stars a year, most teams are equivalent. That's another thing I was chuckling about. Louisville fans, the talent gap is way better. I'm like, eh, I don't know if it's way better. It's the Brahmin, it's the Brahmin wealth. <laughs> they told me that, yeah. So I don't know if this is going to count. I Look, hats off to them. They're going to be in Charlotte for the ACC championship, but still. Yeah. No, I deep down not being Kentucky has got to be a thing. Yeah, I, I know mean, it's become a thing in men's basketball <laughs> because they straight up don't even trash talk that even before uh, you know Kenny Payne the four twenty eight season like they've just given up on that and if 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 they win good but they don't trash talk that one anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's uneventful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. No suspense to it. It's just the, the downside is look, I like the rivalry. This was a really good football game. Mm-hmm. I think what has hurt the Kentucky Louisville game on a national stage, just in general, was not playing for a long time. Yep. Not playing hurt uh the reputation. Mm-hmm. The dislike is there. Mm-hmm. Like I want to tell people you're not from it. You don't think that Louisville Kentucky fans don't do it 24-7. Yeah, the rivalry is there. But yeah. for the most part, you know, men's basketball, Louisville's just not been very good. They've not been a national player. It's not in any – it's not in everybody's consciousness like the Iron Bowl and Michigan Ohio State because they had a 70-year drought, just got started in 94 again. So it's not it's not as ingrained. And in the games haven't been good. <laughs> no. Look, the, the men's basketball game, like, I I know Kentucky wins, but the games are just ugly, and they're not they're not good. I, maybe at some point I need to rewatch the 2012 uh, Final Four. But for the most part, especially when Rick was there, Louisville was just mucking it up. It was not a – it just wasn't a, a good game to watch. Mm-hmm. We were denied, mm-hmm. you know, Daryl Griffith going against uh, – uh, Oh, you know, my man on 78, drawing a blank. Oh, goose, goose, goose. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we, we missed out on that. That would have been mm-hmm. fantastic, right? You know, mm-hmm. we missed out on those kinds of those, those, those memories. Yeah. yeah. And football games really haven't been that good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Kentucky is, yeah. I, look, let me rephrase it. I've enjoyed the 40 point beatdown. I've enjoyed that mm-hmm. a tremendous amount. Mm-hmm. But they just haven't been good games enough to draw in the casual viewer. Yeah, it was a twenty-seven to two back in the day. That was that uh, weird game, that Mike Hartline game. Yeah, Mike Hartline my, like won like four of those. Myron Pryor, big D yeah, lineman touchdown, yeah. big, big boy touchdown. So yes, you know, sir. for 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 me, the games just haven't been very good. Yeah, no instant and, classics like and, the, the Iron Bowl gives you that every year. It's something wild. Auburn plays out of their minds. Whether they're you know, it's it's something like this. Alabama should have lost. They had a point yeah. in one chance. They snapping the ball over a homeboy's head, and then it's fourth and 59 million yards, and he's going to drop it in the back corner. 
So it's something like that. It's a kick six. It's punt, Bama punt. It's something it, it, every year for right. years and years and years and right. years. And Alabama can throw this at Auburn. They can just say a couple words, and Auburn fans know. Auburn can say this, and Alabama fans know. It's it's. They all have their little names. It's like little sections of a book. Each chapter, you know, bow over the top, whatever. They got all that, man. It's it's unbelievable. And that dude killed the trees, like man, that. <laughs> Harvey Updike, baby. <laughs> and they're gonna call in and say he did it. Yeah, hey, fight, hey, Paul. Uh, yeah, I just uh, and them were some beautiful trees. I've been down there and seen them trees. You know, I was down there the year before Cam Newton and them when Randall Cobb in Kentucky won at Auburn, went and saw them trees and that beautiful campus. And you know, so but yeah, that's a that's next level stuff. That our what our uh, the chemotherapy. Louisville Lexington fight. That's kind of that's kind of what we got. The, the fight dialysis. Yes, dialysis. Yes. Two old guys no. fighting dialysis <laughs> leading up to the thing. And, you know, I was like, yeah, that's pretty, yeah, like, that tracks. Look, man, this is this what I'm gonna say. Yeah, my bad. SEC, chemo dialysis. Thank you. The, the the SEC, it's just different, right? Like this is this is the difference. Michigan gets caught cheating. Everybody related to Michigan going to tell you, one, they're somehow better than cheating. And then it comes out like, well, we cheated, but, you know, we, we're still a virtuous program and blah, 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 blah. And the Big Ten would have you believe that they're all these morals. SEC, Bobby Trino, come on back, buddy. Come on back. SEC, look, we ain't trying to front on nobody. We're not uh. leaders and legends. This is what we're about. Mm-hmm. That's right. Man, we got our guests back here backstage in the, the BS3 Network green room. Friend of the show. Been on here with us before and dropped knowledge. Getting himself situated back there. I see him. He has hopped on with us before TB and talked all kind of volleyball. Schooled us up because, uh, you know, He's we, we get the outsider perspective because we we know Hunter Mitchell, but he you know he's UK and bleeds blue. This gentleman covers everybody, like like the Joe Lenardi of volleyball. Maybe is that, but that might be accurate. We can see what he thinks about that. He hosts Set Point and the SoCal Show on IE Sports Radio. Also covers football for Sunset Rewind. We'll ask him about all of that. But he is off work. He is coming to us from the West Coast. Got our guy Taryn Rodriguez on here to talk some volleyball. Taryn, man, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good, Vinny. Doing good, Terry. Well, thanks for you. coming on. It's 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 NCAA volleyball tournament time starting tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. Less than 24 hours. Yeah, man. It's hard to believe it's that time already. Uh You've been tweeting at us throughout the season, you know, yep. on uh, the Cats Talk Wednesday account based on Kentucky and how they're doing. Um, when you when you saw that schedule, Taryn, at the beginning, uh, and then you kind of saw him taking some lumps, Coach Skinner had that tough out-of-conference schedule. What did you think at that point? How did you think the Cats season was going to go? Well, Kentucky always schedules tough. They always have a tough non-conference schedule. And I do agree. They did take a little bit of 
some tough losses. The toughest loss was probably against Nebraska where they lost Reagan Rutherford to injury. And then she had to sit out a few weeks. I think it was like four weeks and uh, Kentucky really missed her. But once SEC play got going, they had to fight without her as players like Brooklyn delay stepped up as well as Emma Grome and a few other, and many others, the middles also stepped up and eventually, once they got Reagan Rutherford back, basically Kentucky was a machine, and they haven't lost ever since her return. See, man, he knows the roster inside and out. Knows, it. I mean, look, he's on it, on it. Well, I know that the Cats are a two seed in the Nebraska region. You touched on Taryn that Nebraska is kind of a machine. We saw the big, you know. 80,000 folks at uh, Memorial uh, – is it Memorial Stadium? Mm, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Nebraska is kind of the big the big baddie uh, when it comes to volleyball. But who else should we pay attention to besides Nebraska? Obviously, you know, Kentucky. Who what, what other team would you be surprised – or would you not be surprised if they made it to the volleyball Final Four? So I would basically not be surprised if I saw – pit there but i think louisville definitely has a good shot at them because they and they and pit split the season series and then don't be surprised if wisconsin gets back there they just got back anna smrack who is a very talented player and then also stanford is really good kendall kip is straight phenomenal Elia Rubin also compliments her as well as Katie Baird. Texas, the reigning champions, they might have a good shot at it. They have Asia O'Neill as well as Maddie Skinner. I hate to kind of bring up that name for y'all, but uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually got to see Texas a couple matches in like week one. But honestly, I would not. Oregon also is a good candidate to possibly make the final four they've got they run a fast offense from what i hear and i think that's pretty much it and don't be surprised if kentucky manages to uh to sneak through to get past nebraska nebraska has a young roster but it's extremely talented now we saw i saw on your uh set point twitter account where you talk volleyball you tweeted out your bracket and you have you have Kentucky in the Elite Eight, and you have them falling short against Nebraska, and you got Nebraska going on to win it all in it's like five sets over Stanford. So that would be pretty epic. Uh, but you just said you could see Kentucky getting past them, but you also, you know, Nebraska is, is a is a heavyweight as well, got a lot of tradition in the blue blood. If, if Kentucky fell short, it'd be no shame in losing to Nebraska, but you, you still give the Cats a chance, even though you pick Nebraska on your bracket, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Craig Skinner has his team playing at a really high level, and honestly, don't be surprised if uh, Reagan Rutherford and Kentucky also has, like, they know what to expect from Nebraska. And But here's the thing. Nebraska, they just recently lost to Wisconsin in their second-to-last match of the season. And then they also had to go forward with Minnesota, who isn't as spectacular as they were last year. But I think that loss to Wisconsin is the best thing for Nebraska. Because as I've been saying a million times on my show set point, 
it's so tough to have an undefeated season. I want to say the last undefeated team was in 2011, if not 2010 or 2009, when Penn State was the undefeated national champion. But for me, I think I would not be surprised if Kentucky was able to pull out the win just because they do have a lot of talent. And they, like I said, they have Reagan Rutherford back with her back. I really think Kentucky has a fair shot and it's all going to depend on what kind of volleyball Nebraska plays because Nebraska plays such good defense and whatnot. And while they do have four, they're starting like four freshmen, maybe even more fresh, more freshmen than that. I definitely think Kentucky with its experience can make Nebraska sweat it out, even at the Bob Devaney center. Now, a lot of people, um, I don't know if they had a gripe or were maybe surprised, but there was a lot of SEC teams in Kentucky side. You had uh, Missouri over there. You already mentioned Louisville. Arkansas and Florida over there also. Does that happen a lot, or do you think maybe they could have spread the conference out a little bit more and, and not had them so many SEC teams in there that Kentucky's already played and beaten in that side of the bracket? How, how does that normally work here? That's a good question. It, I, it probably depends on re- the final ranking. I imagine Kentucky is the eighth seed overall, and Florida had themselves some ups and downs. Obviously, they kind of they lost a bunch of their t- top players like Anna Dixon, Kira Hudson, and Alexis Stuckey. Missouri was kind of a surprise just because while they didn't really have the – I mean, they obviously had an improved season from last year – courtesy of their head coach, Don Sullivan, in her first year. Um, but that's a good question. That's probably a question for, like, the committee. And the <laughs> Arkansas potential Sweet 16 matchup between Kentucky and Arkansas, that's going to be a very fun matchup. Obviously, Kentucky recently won at Arkansas in straight sets, and they also beat Arkansas in five. want to say that was when Reagan Rutherford was out, but – all in all, for that quarter portion of the bracket, yeah, it's an interesting concept seeing those teams, all all of those SEC teams in that upper left-hand portion of the bracket. And then yeah. you also got Auburn, which made it to the uh, NCAA tournament. They've had their ups and downs as well. And they've got a tough matchup against Western Michigan, which is one of two 30-win teams, the other one being Dayton, in this tournament. Interesting. Um, as Kentucky fans, you know, college basketball fans, you know, the 96 Kentucky Wildcats will argue with anybody, one of the greatest college teams ever. You know, and of course, UCLA from Kareem days and Bill Walton will have something to say. But in your opinion, in your years of watching volleyball, women's volleyball, who is the the best women's volleyball team you have seen that you would argue and say, well, this is the best in my opinion because of this and this and this. Ooh, that's an excellent question. I want to say maybe that Kentucky team that uh, wound up winning it in the post COVID year, many will probably Uh forget about that, but honestly that championship is just as legitimate as it is. Cause I want to say they only lost like one set, one or two sets throughout the entire tournament run. And I really think that Kentucky team, because that 
Kentucky team is the only SEC team to win a national championship in women's volleyball. And it's because SEC teams rarely make it to the finals. And the other teams that have made it were Florida teams, which I think one lost to SCE. And then I think the other lost to maybe Stanford. But overall, I would say maybe that Kentucky team, which only lost one match, which was to Florida. I think that, that's one of the top teams that I've seen. Texas from last year is also a good candidate because they just were stacked across the board. Logan Eggleston was amazing. Then you have that Stanford team before the pandemic hit in 2019. Then you also have Wisconsin winning their first ever national championship. And then you also have that Stanford team, I think from 2016 or 17, Either way, it was when they had a lot of freshmen on their team. And that was when they had Catherine Plummer, who's now an Olympian, and Jenna Gray and Morgan Hens. Those that those players in their first in were like freshmen, if not sophomores, and they wound up winning a national championship. So there's a lot of good teams I could pick from, but those are a few that come to my mind. That's that's great insight and just you know the fact that this Kentucky team that we just saw win a title, you put them right in there with all of those other heavy hitters. I didn't, I didn't know what you would say. That's why I asked you. And then the fact that you, you give them that much love is that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And definitely I have to give some love to the sec. It always has a great showing in the tournament. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to get that deep run, but then there was some, there was just something in the back of my mind thinking, Maybe, maybe Kentucky can have a deep run. And even if it meant taking on the likes of Texas, they can pull it out. And there was a lot of happening in terms of Kentucky before that match. I want to say I, one of the former basketball, player, basketball players passed away and whatnot, and they were winning it for their fan. Yeah. So, honestly, for the Final Four match, I think is that when terrence clark passed it, it was so. yes. before the final four they so they played texas i think and then or was it i can't remember now but i think it was I, the final was four game no it was washington it was washington there you mm-hmm. go yeah mm-hmm. yeah that was, was washington because the other side was wisconsin texas yeah. yeah it was texas for the championship you're right you're right mm-hmm. so i'm glad to know that those COVID championships do count Vinny. exactly mm-hmm. okay because i know how you like to dismiss COVID championships what what? What? What about the Lakers in the bubble? What? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I know how you do. What? <laughs> I mean, you're a Lakers fan too, Taryn. Yes. Oh boy. Oh, I'm boy. sorry, Vinny. I know oh. you're a Rockets. Yeah, he, he likes to. He likes to. You know, uh, kind of discount that. But championships, championship, man. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. not getting it back. <laughs> That's you're right. Y'all are right. <laughs> Y'all are exactly right. Is it tough for you on the West Coast to keep up with everybody in the Midwest and all the volleyball teams on the East Coast, or is it is it easier since you are on the West Coast? How? Because I mean, I know you work and you you do everything. You got other podcasts and other things you do. So how is it, is it hard for you to keep up and keep your eye on everything that you keep up with from the volleyball standpoint? Yeah, it actually is a little tough just because I'm only. And I think most people kind of forget that I'm the uh, a solo host for Set Point. I mean, I did have a co-host for a little bit, but then eventually he got busy and had to move on. But it is a little tough for me to uh, 
basically keep track of everything because there's like a bunch of volleyball teams. Like there was obviously there was Wisconsin and Nebraska being undefeated for a, quite a long time, but I don't think ever, anyone for remembered that the Citadel was undefeated. So I didn't my that. thing is, is that, uh, yeah, it's a little tough for me considering I also don't have ESPN plus, even though I just recently bought it because I, I no offense to, uh, ESPN plus, but am I going to really pay 1099 for something I'm not going to ultimately use too much because I'm just a busy man. So, and yes, thank you for mentioning that Vinny. Uh, I am very busy partially working at the grocery store soon to be out of it, but I'm also trying to get my name out there in terms of the sports journalism world, sports media world, as well as set point. So there you go. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. So tell everybody about, Set point. You've been kind enough to have TB and I on your show as guests. So tell everybody about set point and when you record and what listeners can expect. Tell them about all the, the stuff you host, all your shows, IE Sports Radio and Sunset Rerun. Just give us a little bit of everything you do and all the content you're creating and and, and everything you're doing out there, man. So Sunset Rewind is kind of a uh, part-time thing. I cover high school vo- high school football um, for them, cover like a certain selective teams, six designated teams from a league in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we just wrapped up, so it's, it was kind of a bittersweet moment. But uh, one team that did make it all the way to the section finals, they had like people wishing them good luck from Peyton Manning, Justin Herbert, Mike Tirico, Chris Berman, and Tony Dungy. Those people wished him good luck, and that was definitely an amazing moment. And I, I imagine it was Tom Telesco because his son plays for Corona Del Mar's football team. Mm. And Tom Telesco obviously is able to get into contact with Peyton Manning because, remember, Telesco was the GM for for the Indianapolis Colts before he came to the Chargers. And then Justin Herbert, his franchise quarterback, and then he obviously knows Tony Dungy and Mike Tirico from Sunday Night Football. And then he knows Chris Berman from ESPN. So it was fun covering the Sunset League in terms of Sunset Rewind. And then for the SoCal Supreme Sports Show, that seems to be the show I I don't have. I try to put in as much time as possible to talking all things Southern California sports mm-hmm. like USC, UCLA, the Lakers, Clippers, the Chargers, the Rams, even though I'm mainly pro Chargers. Um, I also talk. You don't um, have to cover the uh, Clippers if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, but I always, I don't want to like forget about them. It's easy so to I, do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you all, but uh, yeah, I cover all things Southern California sports in a try to, in an ample amount of time. And I also have a segment called the dumb, dumb of the week. It's basically if someone or an organization does or says something dumb, then they get put on dumb, dumb of the week. It could be from, it could be in Southern California or out of Southern California. Like for example, Krista Thompson lied <laughs> about uh, made up uh, sideline reports just because mm. the whole thing is, it, it, can, it can be a, whole, a little bit tough to like, access the locker room and talk to coaches well it kind of goes two ways yes Chris Thompson 
was it made a big fat no-no in the journalism world. However, I think these other stations and networks should have a PR team to have the coaches or at least an assistant coach say, Hey, you need to talk to your, to our, to the reporter to get your perspective on the halftime show. So that was kind of my thing right there. I mean, obviously you call what, call it what you want, but I think it's both, it's basically both are at fault, both the organization, the network, the team and the reporter. And then for uh, set points, I have been doing that for four years, and I I do my best to try to grow the game of volleyball. I cover high school volleyball, I cover the NCAA college volleyball, not just NCAA women's, but NCAA men's, NCAA beach volleyball. And I all if I had enough time in my most recent episode of Set Point, I would have also covered the NCAA Division II and Division III bracket, wow. as well as the NAIA bracket, and then maybe the junior colleges in terms of, like, the 3C2A, a.k.a. the yeah, and the NJCAA. But unfortunately, time did not permit because I got off work uh, at 6, which is when I normally record. I normally record on Spreaker, or I go live on Spreaker at 6 p.m., but unfortunately, since I got off that time, I basically had to move the show to 6.30, and I didn't get home until about near that time, and I had another near 10-minute delay, so I had like an hour and 20 minutes. So I try not to go too long with set point, but I also want to like cover everything. I just don't want to be like one-dimensional, mm-hmm. just because I, li- I like shining spotlight on all things volleyball, including the Pro Volleyball, which is the NVA and Pro Volleyball Federation and soon League One Volleyball. So I I love to cover all things volleyball and I want to grow set. Like I said, I want to grow set point to as big as it can possibly be. Just because, and this is no knock on iSports Radio, It's we're not as big as some of the, the big time stations like ESPN, Fox, whatnot, but we're trying to be a household name, and I personally am trying to be a household name for all things volleyball. Not trying to be like an Emily Eamon or an M- or Michaela Chester or Mick Haley or Daniel Gilman or any of that sort. But I just want to be the first Taryn Rodriguez for all things volleyball. And not just for like NCAA, but for pro volleyball, high school volleyball, maybe a little JUCO volleyball, that sort of thing. So hey. I hope I basically... Uh, gave you all what i hope i answered that question hey, you you're on your way man I, I was with you except when you said you covered the clippers because i don't <laughs> think that's a winning recipe for anything <laughs> i know but i but since they're from socal i kind of have to until they move to seattle then oh i, I gotta give them some coverage hey um going back to the dumb dumb of the week. You said that can be in SoCal or outside of SoCal. So right. for for outside of SoCal, can you can you nominate Texas A and M's athletic department because they was they've been tripping down there. They- you know what? Since you requested it, I will definitely do that. <laughs> and that will be live tomorrow at five p.m. Pacific time. Just for those that are curious on Spreaker. Okay, they got mad about Mark Stoops, or the fans didn't want Mark Stoops. He wasn't a sexy, flashy hire, and maybe they, you know, he was also an assistant under 
Jimbo Fisher, who they just got rid of. So maybe they didn't want, hey, we don't want this guy's assistant. And when we played Kentucky a couple years ago, we beat them. I could see them maybe making a fuss. But they bring in Mike Elko, who's a defensive guy, just like Stoops, defensive coordinator. And he's from the ACC, which is a much inferior football conference. But they they felt he was worthy of being hired. But Stoops was not, who's Stoops has accomplished a little bit more on his resume. Uh, his record, you know, 73 and 64, he, he has some lean years starting off, and maybe that's what they look at. But you basically hire a guy that's similar to him but less accomplished, a defensive guy from the ACC. So I, I just think that was kind of, you know, dumb dumbish on their part. That's just that's – Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind. And going back to the Chargers, since you said you covered them, and I think so, Cal. I got to ask you, all, the, all these coaches and coordinators getting blown out. You know, Ken Dorsey fired. Uh, Frank Reich fired for the Panthers. Get out of here. You don't even get a full year. How is Brandon Staley just down there chilling and kicking it, losing week after week after week, and that, that man still got a job? How is that possible? I have no <laughs> idea. It's just – it's the biggest mystery that no one is going to be able to solve. It's just so mind blowing. If you ask me and it's partially because whenever they win, everyone sweeps the whole Brandon Staley should be fired thing under the rug. And it kind of makes me wonder how much was this man carried by Aaron Donald back when he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams mm. And yet he, everyone's calling him def, he calls himself defensive guru, defensive mastermind. It's like you gave up 41 to the Lions. You gave up 23 and over what 400 yards to Jordan Love and the Packers. And even though the the defense wasn't as bad against the Ravens, you still couldn't stop a nosebleed when it came to like a what what was it a reverse or a jet sweep to Zay Flowers. And now I kind of wonder, why didn't the Chargers get Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison? Because Quentin Johnston is sadly, and maybe it's just his first year and I shouldn't knock him too much, but he hasn't been worth the hype. I mean, Darius Davis has been more fun to watch than he has. But maybe I got to give him a little bit more time. But starting to look like that first round pick is a little sketch, if you ask me. But... I would be surprised if Brandon Staley made it to next year. I mean, yeah. I, I'll give him till the end of the year. I mean, I'm not the biggest guy that wants to see coaches fired, but the dude has done everything wrong. And I will just say, if the Chargers do find some way to lose to the Patriots, and this is the Patriots without Tom Brady. This is the Patriots that have Mac Jones. And this is the Patriots that – also, I've been splitting time with Bailey Zappi, yeah. and I think Malik Cunningham. <laughs> then I think we got to fire Brandon Staley. <laughs> and I, I hate to use I, again. I hate to see a coach fired because basically you have to buy out their contract, and then you, they basically pack up and they have to they have to tell their wives and their kids, "Hey, unfortunately, got fired," and they have to search on the new job market. But it's a tough industry. You got to basically be on your a game and if you're not on your a game then you're going to basically be without a job and i hate to have that happen but the chargers need to 
pursue winning because the AFC only gets tougher. Every AFC team is going to do everything in their power to try to sculpt themselves into a winner. You see the Chiefs. They tried to skin the Patriot way and copy and paste the New England Patriots. That didn't work out. So eventually Brett Veach and those guys from the Chiefs had to basically find their own craft of winning and then look at the Bengals minus Joe Burrow getting hurt and then the Ravens and the Steelers the Browns are even finding way ways to win even though they got thumped by Denver and Jacksonville they had a massive turnaround after firing Urban Meyer and getting Dougie P so <laughs> so yeah the AFC is only going to get tougher and the Chargers are looking further and further back of the class so they have to make the decision of do they hire, do they want to really move on from Brandon Staley or do they want to keep him? Because if they keep him and things aren't progressing better, they're going to continue to go further and further down because they've already equaled their loss total from last year. The only way they don't get worse, well, okay, if you, minus the playoff game, but the only way they don't get worse is if they win out. And that's going to be pretty much impossible, especially, I mean, it's a favorable schedule, but. Denver's playing better. The Raiders, tough the second go-around. They're really good. And then winning at Denver is going to be doubtful just because the Chargers always struggle in Denver. And then the Bills are going to be fighting for their playoff lives. Yeah. And we don't know what we're going to expect with the Chiefs because we don't know if they've locked up the number one seed by then or whatever playoff spot they're in at that moment but all in all the chargers do have an uphill climb but it all starts this week where they have to beat the patriots it's either they beat the patriots which bill belichick has owned in the past years or they're not making the playoffs and brandon staley will be out of a job i think this weekend is brandon staley's win or bust just my take and i'm i'm not for saying people should be fired either but i'm just looking around and seeing the quick hooks these other people are getting and then seeing him just drop game after game after game, one score or however, you know, whatever it is. And his press conference, I'm still confident in my defense. I'm still confident. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> so I was just, you know, you're right there a lot closer to it than we are. So I, I just had to get your thoughts on everything with that. But, um, Taryn, man, keep doing what you're doing. You are killing it. You're just juggling everything beautifully. Appreciate you coming on here, dropping knowledge. Appreciate you still tweeting at us about Kentucky volleyball. Absolutely. All your insight, man, and just uh, hope everything works out. You, hey, you, you focused on what you want to do, and iEsports Radio, whether it's there or other somewhere else, you, you got your name out there. And you got a ton of knowledge and a ton of drive. So, man, keep it up. Thanks, Vinny. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate you two having me on. And once again, thank you for being guests on the 100th episode of Set Point. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. it, it was a memorable episode. I had you two on. I had a coach on. And then I had the Stanford broadcaster for their women's volleyball team. It was quite fun. I just had a 200th episode like about a month or so ago. Hey, congratulations! And look, that was that was thoughtful you to have the two of us on your 100th episode, man. We appreciate you even even considering us and thinking about us, man. We enjoyed that. Of course, appreciate you taking getting off early, taking time out of your afternoon. Yeah, uh, 
out there in Southern sunny California. You could be doing whatever else you want to do. And you hopped in and, and jumped on here with us, Tan. So we, we always appreciate it, man. And looking forward to seeing how this tournament plays out. Hey, I'm looking forward to it as well. I'm hoping Kentucky makes a deep run. And if I, if Kentucky does break my bracket, then I will eat the biggest crow and go on my show and apologize. <laughs> I'll make note of it for you too. Hey, well, we appreciate it. That's it. We'll tweet out your show, man. Everybody check Taryn out on speaker, set point, IE Sports Radio, and everything he's doing, man. Thank you so much, Taryn. No problem. You have yourself a great night. Thanks for having me on and look to be back on soon. Absolutely, Absolutely Thank you, sir. Thank you. Taryn Rodriguez, follow him on Twitter at Taryn Rodriguez1, set point, sunset rewind. Young know, fella doing all kind of stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, segueing into the NFL. Oh, and real quick, Tennessee is uh, already taking it on the chin at Chapel Hill. It is uh, North Carolina 28. Tennessee 12, 10 minutes and change left in the first half. So uh, that's a, you know, somebody got to lose kind of game, just like San Francisco and Philly. But I, in this situation, I'm, I'm, I like that other shade of blue over that orange. So go ahead, go Hills. Oh. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take uh, North Carolina over to Tennessee. Mm hmm. And we did our part in the SEC ACC challenge too. I'm just let's I'm just, let's let's talk about just that. Just I mean, <laughs> man, that felt like good old days. That 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 brought me back to. Uh, I enjoy that. I enjoyed that. It was just a. We are Kentucky, and if this is the game that is kind of the springboard to the rest of the season, you know, uh, we talked about the Kansas game. Had it, lost yeah. it, mm -hmm. but. This team looks good. This team looks different. And I'm okay saying that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's okay, Kentucky fans, to say we're good at this. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I know last couple of years you haven't got a chance to uh, poke out your chest, but uh, what just they look like they're having the look, the players look like they're having fun, playing free and easy. And it's just go, go, go. And it puts yeah. so much pressure on you. And, you know, they had the run. It got out big in the first half. And, you know, Miami got hot. Mm -hmm. And they went on a run. Kentucky went on a run. And that was it. That was all she wrote last night. Just top to bottom. And this is without a big man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Who's <laughs> looking good in the warmups we see? That's, yeah, that's yeah. So hopefully Bradshaw is back soon. But just, I mean, overall, I, I know Reed. Yes, <laughs> is is getting the pub, and he's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. he, hey, he's, he's 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 playing phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, but just everybody else has contributed. I caught some flag, and I guess I should have read to it. Hey, we I worded this. I, I knew that one was going. I was like, oh, he's going to have to walk that one back. I was like, ooh. <laughs> well, what I what I tweet out about uh, um, Reeves, I'm like, this dude's averaging 20 points a game, and nobody <laughs> like nobody cares. I'm like, oh, I can't. Okay, okay. I was, sorry. 
And I knew I, that was the response. I was like, okay, yo. Well, yeah. just, that's, you're, you're way wrong on this. Okay, man. Like, I consume a lot of Kentucky media. And nobody, like, I've not seen Reeves' name, like, brought up, like, at all. Like, Shep's getting the shine. But then, you know, mm-hmm. DJ's doing his thing. Or maybe it's Dillingham's doing this. Or, mm-hmm. or, or what have you. Uh, Justin Edwards, and then you know, and then obviously uh, Trey Mitchell has been phenomenal, and a dude, yeah. uh, Thierro's played well. But I'm like, we just, and then other people in the Kentucky media world, like, hey, you know, you're kind of overlooking exactly <laughs> what he's doing. I mean, he's mm-hmm. averaging five rebounds a game. Like, yeah. anyway, but putting yeah, the ball on, putting the ball on the floor, added elements, added stuff to his game. You know, yeah, yeah, that one, I caught hell for that, and I'm like. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. Y'all know what I'm saying. Like the 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 phrasing, I guess, could have been better. But you're just y'all being willfully obtuse with this. Absolutely. And I was I was anxious to see. I was like, okay, right, you know, Clark Kellogg's spreadability. Miami hits him with the 18 to two run because it's 21 to 11. It's about to be blowout city, as Dickie V would say from the beginning. Yeah. And like you say, they got hot, hit some threes and. And okay, 18 to 2. Now we down six. It's 29-23. Okay, what are we gonna do? Yeah. And boom, if they didn't just go and handle it and was up five at halftime and, and you know went on a what the 19, I think a 20 to 8 run after getting punched, punched in right back. And I'm like, cool, cool. And then like you know, it could have been worse. Yeah, you know, we mm-hmm. started pulling back and uh, but anyway, hey, just a great win from top to bottom. This team is good. Uh, all those folks that said Kentucky didn't have a good backcourt, man, oh, man, oh, man. Like, I mean, if we do, if we play in Kansas this tough and beating the number eight team in the country like this without a big man. Mm-hmm. And it's just all about – and to be that young, the, the decision-making – the extra, the unselfishness, the extra pass, the oh, I'm open. Here, CB, I'm gonna go and swing it to you. You over here in the corner. Let me go. On. And this, <laughs> this, this was the team built for the moment. And my concern was for this team was, okay, we've had a bad couple of years by Kentucky standards, right? We have the pressure is on. Like, let's not get it twisted. This 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 game in November is nice, but we yeah. all know, as my man Cameron always says, you know, nothing matters till March. So mm-hmm. my concern was, are these freshmen going to be able to bear that burden? And so far, yes. Mm-hmm. So far, yes. I mean, all the boxes have been checked. This yeah. team is gelling really, really well, and they still – uh, have some some games before we get into the conference season, so yeah, I'm excited. You know, Edwards found his groove last night, and you know, got it rolling. Uh, if there was, it's not a knock, but the roles are kind of already filling in, and we've seen big games from the freshmen. We Dilly and and Reed already going off. The past two games, Wagner has been going off until he got, unfortunately he got hurt last night. And so Edwards was kind of, you know, trying to find his way, and he he was able to do that last night. You know, this was a this was a big game 
this veteran team coming in, top 10 team. How they gonna handle it? Like you said about, you know, how how they gonna stack up? We almost beat Kansas. Well, this is different. They got rugged grown dudes, and you know, they 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 were more than ready for the challenge. You know, Omir, whatever his name was, and his yeah. st- stiff arms and punching people in the face and Mitchell getting the foul. <laughs> But you know. thank you, Pat Adams. Uh, oh man! Every time I see him officiate the game, I know it's going to be some nonsense. But hey, Kentucky fans, it's okay to pump sunshine. Let me just say this: you know how I am. If you watch your team dismantle the number eight team in the country by twenty points, and your first thought is one, Coach Cal got to somehow pay for the last couple of seasons, you got to move on. Sitting there or, on the- or you got to talk about players aren't here anymore. Like, let that go, man. Mm-hmm. We're moving forward. What does this – What we don't need to litigate the last six years of Kentucky basketball to enjoy this team. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leave Severe and Oscar alone. It's- <laughs> Oscar, I'm, I'm Oscar tearing it up. Oscar killing it in the G League right now, man. Hey, hey, I'm going to see him on Sunday. Oscar, the Mad Ants are coming to uh, Des Moines to take oh. on the Iowa Wolves and Luca Garza. See, oh so, man, uh, the wife's company got a box. We're going to a suite oh. to watch this G League game. And I'm <laughs> hey, I got my Kentucky stuff. Let's go, Oscar. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And I'm glad to see him doing that. Whether he was blind here or whatever, I'm just. <laughs> I'm glad to see him get 2020 and kill it in the in the G League. Yeah, I was gonna go. Was it last year, year before? Because was it Bledsoe? Wasn't Bledsoe? Who was it? Briscoe, right? Briscoe, that's right. Briscoe, that's who it was. Was playing, but then he stopped because he was, you know, going to go all in on the uh, big three. And I don't know who was going to get me tickets. Like you still want? Like no, I'm not going to go. <laughs> no. Well, you can still go see the Iowa Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I, I'm only going for some Pacific reasons. Check, check, check the wolves off your, <laughs> your list. <laughs> like y'all go, y'all go to a lot of Iowa Cubs games, or just when the bats come to town? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we went to any uh, Cubs games this year. No, we did the no, very last. beginning of the season, I think. Yeah, yeah, we 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 go because I only go when if I'm in a box. I don't go like a regular person. <laughs> I haven't been to a regular person game in quite some time. Hey, that makes yes. me a snob, but yeah, I don't go regular people. <laughs> we got club level tickets when we went to uh uh watch the Vikings and the 49ers, which that Monday night game, why couldn't we have gotten that Vikings team? <laughs> wow. Why couldn't we got that terrible <laughs> Vikings team? No, Kirk Cousins gotta play like Fran Targenton out here. Come on now. Man, unbelievable. <laughs> I think Josh Dobbs just threw another interception against the Bears. But at any rate, Niners got a big one against uh, Philadelphia. Got a mm-hmm. NFC championship rematch. Got playoff implications. Uh, just put, go out here and play tough, guys. That's all I'm asking for. I definitely definitely want to have a – definitely want to get a win, though. Don't get me wrong. For a multitude mm-hmm. of reasons. I'm tired of Philadelphia. Yeah, I, like I said, I've said all the time, I dislike them the most of any other NFC East team. 
Maybe because they're the most successful right now and, and they're the hottest team. But plus, here's the thing: we beat Philadelphia. We play Washington later in the year. We can go four and zero. We be the official NFC East Ooh. champions as Man. well as being the NFC West champions. Mm. <laughs> don't don't God think I haven't me. thought about that. Yes, I, I thought about me. that. Yeah, you yeah. got that got that tweet saved already, don't you? Oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That'd be tough to to deal with, but but get getting the playoffs. I want the Cowboys again. <laughs> you think Mike McCarthy will keep his job? Three <laughs> three losses. <laughs> If 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 him and Ryan Day, man, I don't know, three in a row. I, don't, I, don't. I couldn't. I tried to bring myself to pull for them. I couldn't. I can't pull for Ohio State. So I just wanted to pull for Ohio State because I was tired of Michigan and okay. all this being better than. And then Desmond Howard, who I love, mm. talk about you know Pete Thamel, who I don't like. Mm-hmm. Why is he not in the crowd? And Reese Day was like, well, he's got some death threats. He's like, ah, not a big deal. That's kind of a big deal. And you probably should say, hey, folks, let's not let's not go crazy out here. You said earlier the rivalry makes you say and do stupid stuff. Absolutely. Sensible people the, do dumb stuff with the rivalry. The blind love for the alma mater, I like Dez. That makes him say some stupid stuff. You know, he Desmond. I think I quote tweeted somebody. Desmond been out here picking Michigan to beat Ohio State back when Brady Hoke was the coach, and they had they had no chance of beating Ohio State. So his his objectivity is skewed when it comes to Michigan. He just can't. He, he ain't but, ever gonna say them being wrong. He ain't gonna see right. them being the bad guy or my my school did this incorrectly. That ain't that he ain't that guy. You ain't getting that from him. No, and 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 that's the thing too is that's part of the thing is you know Taryn working hard to do his thing in sports media, but it's all the same people coming from all the same places. Mm-hmm. There's Michigan alums all over the place. There's mm-hmm. Northwestern alums all over the place. The 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 biggest egregious uh, situation was all those Syracuse alums that had mm-hmm. us convinced that Jim Beheim was elite. Mm-hmm. All those years with a two-three zone, <laughs> I'd be like that too. Let, hey, let me get on ESPN. Let me get on ESPN right now. <laughs> of course, I'm. Of course, I'm gonna be like, well, you know, the cats. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I hats off to friend of the show, Michael Eaves, because he kind of. I mean, he still bleeds blue, but. I think he does a pretty good job being objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, not, not doing Kirk Herb Street is objective. Like he'll he'll call it like he sees it about Ohio State, you know. But that's why he had to move out of Columbus though, because people are crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had a quick question, man. We and this is just totally just making a turn, but I don't know what made me think of it. You're a movie guy. I'm not. You've been on the forecast. Brought to you by mm-hmm. BS3 Network and previewed various different movies with Ben and Doc and everybody um, and H-Rap. Speaking of, they, they're they doing a breakdown of How on the Hog on Netflix, the uh, documentary about how African-American food has shaped the culture. Season two is out. That is phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, if you're a foodie, go yeah, watch How on the Hog. Go watch season one of How on the Hog and season two is out. Binge it and get caught up. It's amazing, but they're doing a review of it. Anyway, 
when it comes to movies, here's my question. If you have, say it's your favorite movie or one of your top two or three favorite movies, and and I'm going to put this on a poll if I can word it right on our Cast Talk Wednesday. If you own the movie, if you have the DVD, if you have the VHS, if you have it on Vudu or whatever, where you just can watch it on demand at your convenience, are you still, are you inclined to do that? Or do you just still catch it when it comes on TV and then watch it? Do you, do you like, oh, I'm going to go and just watch my movie right now. Do you do that on a regular basis? Or do you just say, oh, my movie's on. I'm going to sit down and watch it. Because I, I love Rush Hour. That's my movie. Got the DVD. I got it. But I don't pull it out and watch it. But if it's on, oh, let me just sit down and watch it. So how do, how do you do it as a movie guy? Do you just pop your stuff in that you own? Or do you catch it on TV and watch it with the commercials? Well, the thing is now I don't have a DVD player. Because uh, one of the times, last time I came back from home, I've got a box full of DVDs and VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. So my two favorite movies of all time I have on VHS and DVD. Mm. I've got the Blues Brothers and I've got Training Day. Mm. Now, Training Day comes up on HBO Max every now and then. And I have probably watched it on HBO Max over the last year. Four or five times. Okay. I've just queued it up just to watch it. Okay, I'll I'll watch it. Uh, I don't have we don't have cable, but yeah, if I would be changing channels and come across it, I, it depends because I like bad language. Okay, so I'm not gonna watch too much of it if it's on regular TV. But yeah, I, I yeah, my favorite mute. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I've got them physically since they're kind of taking stuff away from streaming and all that kind of stuff. You know, mm. sometimes it's hit or miss when you're streaming. So yeah, I've got I've got some uh DVDs, a lot of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I've got those on DVD and, and Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, I mean, I haven't thrown them in to watch in a long time. Again, I don't have a DVD player. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what my question was. I, I got it. I got Russia. I can pull up Chris and Jackie anytime, but I don't. And if it's on TNT, oh, oh, it's on. And I act like I don't own it and could have been watching it. You know what I'm saying? And that's just but maybe don't. No, because Kate will be like, watching Training Day? Yes, I am. Okay. Because my stepson is Jacob, and I like to call him Jake. (laughs) Okay, I'm assuming. Have you seen Training Day? No. No. See, I'm I'm that guy where... That's I right. Always well, get, training you day, haven't, Denzel. You haven't seen that. Yeah, you I, I'm, seen I'm that. I'm that dude. I, I'm I'm aware, but and yeah. If, so. if not for my wife, I'd be even worse than I am. I've seen quite a few movies because she's a movie watcher, and I've watched some with her. But I'm still bad. I'm still way behind. So I, I always uh, tease, tease Kate because you know Ethan Ethan Hawke in Training Day, his name is Jake in the movie, and, and okay. Denzel and his Denzel voice, Jake. So when she's going off to do her thing and leave both of us alone, I'm always yo. I said we're gonna have a Training Day. We're gonna drive through the neighborhood <laughs> and reenact scenes. I've seen your tweets. And yeah. I've heard it. I've, I've heard of Ethan Hawke. So now it's, it all makes yeah. sense now. So it's just <laughs> the whole thing is Ethan Hawke is the young guy, and Denzel is the uh cop gone rogue and he's showing this young guy the streets and I always tease mm. that 
when she leaves us together. That's what's going to happen. Yes, yes, I'm going to drive along. We're going to collect this money. Um, five minutes left in the first half. North Carolina Tar Heels fifty, Tennessee Volunteers twenty nine. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me. I'm going to show you this real quick since you brought since you brought up movies. Okay. I'm going to try to get this poll tweeted out. I, you know, I got to get the grammar right. So basically, go to Cast Talk Wednesday. Go, go check out the poll. We'll keep it up for a few days. When it comes to your favorite movie, whether you own it, DVD, VHS, or whatever, do you just watch it when it comes? Oh, boy, here we go. Here's the, here it is in real life. Here it is in real life. Oh. Yes. I do have a... Uh... Leather jacket like Denzel wore in the movie. I absolutely got a black shirt, uh, just like that as well. See, there we go. There we go. See, that's wow. Officially on the show. Some of y'all on Twitter have seen it on Twitter. Oh, yeah. you know, I, dress, I dress up like Denzel and Dusty Baker and who who else? And so Samuel I, look, Jackson, the wife Peter. Yeah, yeah you do so, everybody. <laughs> so I look, I'm a Denzel fan, and this this is how it, uh, way back when in my old job, I was supervisor, had a bunch of people under me. I'm like, look, I'm gonna come in like Denzel. I can be preacher's wife, Denzel. That's mm. where he's a nice angel. It's mm-hmm. a movie with Whitney Houston in it. That's nice, Denzel. Yeah. Or it do I need to come in like training day, Denzel, to prove a point? Or do I need to be equalizer, Denzel, where he just fighting everybody? Like yeah. how how you want me to do this, I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna be Denzel one way or the other. There's a Denzel for it. Now I've seen Flight, I've seen Ricochet, so yes. uh, I've seen two of them. That's not your favorite. I've seen, you know, everybody's seen Remember the Titans. So even, even, so you know, I've seen some stuff. That, you know, uh, I don't know if I've seen any more, but yeah. So I just had to throw it out there. I was just thinking about that earlier, and, and you know, we throw our little poll questions out from time to time. And I just wonder how the the true movie watchers do, and a non movie watcher like myself does when yep. it comes to um. A movie that you already got when it comes on TV. How do you do? Yeah, oh yeah, I'll 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 rewatch I'll rewatch uh, movies, particularly you know if I catch them on a streaming service. Like I said, I don't catch them, you know, on TBS or TNT anymore. But yeah, I, I watch uh, movies over and over again. I'm like I said, I'm a. I think uh, Training Day is on Max now, so I might have to. Might have to watch that. Uh huh. So cool, 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 cool. Um, man, we covered everything on here. Uh, cats over the Kings, cats over the Cards, Niners, Eagles, volleyball. I mean, just, a, just a great weekend from volleyball winning its seventh straight SEC championship. This one's outright mm-hmm. uh, to football taking care of Louisville, to basketball, men's basketball taking care of. Uh, Miami, it, hey, on top of the, you know, Friday night, you know, scoring a hundred plus points, mm-hmm. uh, hey, could have hung a hundred last night, like you said, they pulled back a little bit. Yeah, settled, had to settle for ninety five. So, uh, but like Corey Price said, you beat a top ten Arkansas in volleyball, top ten Louisville in football, a top ten Miami in basketball. I think it's the first time three teams have beat top ten teams over the same weekend. So, hey. Pretty uh, pretty nice little. All catch everything, baby. Absolutely, absolutely. All catch everything. Another fun show, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. Always good. Always good. Glad to have Taryn come on, talk a little bit of uh, uh, volleyball with us. So Yeah, appreciate that. And wish them all the best tomorrow. Coach Skinner and them start a tournament run. Uh, so we'll have all this up on the YouTube. It's on YouTube Live right now, Twitter Live, Facebook Live. Subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe on Spotify, wherever you want to listen and watch. And you'll catch every single show. Courtesy of the BS3 Network. We appreciate y'all. TV, man, we'll be back next week talking Niners, talking uh, Cats, talking everything like we do, man. So we'll have all kinds of fun stuff next Wednesday for everybody. Terry Denzel, John Turkey Brown. My name is Vinny Hardy. I mean, you, you see that? I got that jacket now. Yeah, yeah. Got I got that. black Nick Cap. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah I'm, uh-huh. you know I'm ridiculous. You know, That's I'm ridiculous. <laughs> Now, on that note, we'll catch everybody next week. <laughs> Another episode of Cat Start Wednesday. We Jake. are gonna <laughs> Poor King Jake. Kong ain't got on me. I run this. Bless Jake's heart. Man. Y'all just live here. That's <laughs> I run this. Bless Jake's program. heart. <laughs> I am the police. <laughs> I'm about to watch it now, so I know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We catch y'all next week. Cast Talk Wednesday. We out.